Hey gang, thanks for listening to this bonus episode of The Hustle. Well, you can probably tell by the description that we are talking to another one of the most legendary people ever. Uh, this is Verdine White, original member and bass player for Earth, Wind & Fire. You guys have heard me talk about Earth, Wind & Fire a lot. For my money, music doesn't get any better than Earth, Wind & Fire at their very best. It is life-affirming, it is joyous, it is spirit-raising, it will make your life better. There is nothing better than Earth, Wind & Fire, if you ask me. So let me tell you how this happened. Over Thanksgiving weekend one night, I had a dream. I'm not somebody who likes to talk or even think about dreams, but because of ever since starting the podcast, I sometimes do that. I'll dream of people that to have on the show. And I dreamt of Verdine White, and I woke up the next morning, I thought, there's no way that's going to happen. But then it kind of nagged at me, and I thought, well, what if, you know? So I contacted his people, and sure enough, he was willing to come on. So we scheduled the time to talk in early December, but when we did, he only ended up having about 15 minutes. But he promised me that we would do a part two later on and get to some of the other stuff. So about six weeks later, mid to late January, we tried it again. And unfortunately, he didn't have a lot of time then either. And honestly, it's probably for the best. You know, when you think about it, Verdina is a Rock and Roll Hall of Famer, a member, founding member with his brother Maurice of one of the most important bands in history. So in, introspection is not really his thing, which is fine. He's been at the top of his game for 45 years. So, you know, we try to kind of get introspective on here, but we, it just didn't work out that way this time. So this is actually two separate conversations merged together. I packed it with as much music as I could. So I hope if you're if you're even a greatest hits Earth, Wind & Fire fan, you shouldn't be. You need to own almost every single album that they've ever put out, especially anything going through like the late 80s. It's all perfection. This right here is my very favorite Earth, Wind & Fire song. It's called And Love Goes On. So let's hear from Verdeen. He called me from his home in L.A. The main thing that I wanted to, I was really curious about, everyone knows I think that Earth, Wind & Fire is really the sort of the mastermind or the creation of Maurice, but you've been there from the very beginning. Was mm -hmm. it a democracy in this band? Did you feel like everyone was sort of along for the, Maurice had a vision and we were all going to work to to fulfill this vision? Or were, were you contributing, and I know you have songwriting credits, but are you sort of mm -hmm. contributing and sort of guiding this vision along with everyone else? Well, yeah, you know, the one thing about it is that it was, uh, uh, you know, we all worked together as a team, and we all understood Maurice's vision, and we all made it our vision as well, you know, and uh, yeah. we all helped collaborate. And, and uh, you know, when you're starting a band, you are starting from the beginning, uh, particularly with us, you know, with um, station wagons and, and vans and things like that. So it definitely can create a, in that way, it can create a, a democracy, you know, because everybody's yeah. fighting for the same thing. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, and was it, you know, Something that is so heavily tied to Earth, Wind and Fire is this mm -hmm. element of sort of spirituality or philosophy. Mm -hmm. Was there a defined spirituality or philosophy? Was there like we are Christian and we're furthering the uh, you know the teachings of God, or we believe in this particular way of life? Was there a driving force, or was it just sort of an I openness just, to I just think everybody. I think you know we were all open, and don't forget now when we started at uh, at that particular time. You know, there was a lot going on, you know, in the world, you know, and as it still is. And uh, uh, so, you know, we, we, you know, we basically were just universal guys, good guys who yeah. just had a great band, you know what I mean? And, you know what I mean? And played great yeah. music. Because, I mean, you guys, you know, you start out those first few years as a, a very good, extremely competent, more funk band. But then mm -hmm. somewhere along, probably open your eyes, maybe around Mighty Mighty or something like that, mm -hmm. things kind of change.
and you sort of grow and evolve into this new, this new R&B outfit that no one has ever rivaled. Was there was this a conscious thing, or were you just sort of opening yourself up to creativity? What happened think, in this transition? I think I think it was just a progressive thing. You know, every album got better and better and better. You know, and particularly from you know the beginning, all of you know. And you're right, like from Open Our Eyes, we made a little bit of a, a left turn, but we just kept progressing. If you listen to the albums, uh, uh, I don't think probably there was any group of color probably that, that did that much body of work no. consistently no. for quite some time, you know. No. Uh, you know, we you know we all have clunkers and we all have hit misses, you know, but I think, you know, nobody's had as many consistent records that you can... I 100% even, agree with you. Even, ...even go back today, you know. Yeah. You mentioned a clunker. I was curious. What do you do? You what do you view as maybe the clunkers? Well, clunkers. I mean, you know, everybody has them. Movies, records, books. You know, sure. where you know, you know, one record might not do as good as the other one compared to the yeah. other one. But then when you go back into it later, there's a lot of good stuff in there. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You know, you know, yeah. Yeah. Stuff. But I think you know, we just kept growing from open our eyes on. You know, open our eyes on. I heard you in an interview years ago. So mm-hmm. I think my favorite Earth, Wind, and Fire album is probably Faces. Mm-hmm. And I know that that was, I think at the time, and I'm fairly young, I was seven when that came out. I think it was viewed as maybe more of a disappointment or, you know, it wasn't as hot or as big or popular as the album before it. And I think I mentioned, I think I saw you say in an interview one time where you thought that was okay. Do you have a, I mean, that particular album, do you have any sort of affection for it or did you view it as one of these? Probably not a clunker, but maybe a lesser version of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Not at all. Not at oh, all. Oh, good. I thought, I, thought, good. I thought it was a great record. I thought it was a great record. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, and don't forget that we were coming off the I Am. Body of work, or even when Michael Jackson's other record, Bad, only did 10 million. There was a yeah. lot of good things on that record. Right. A lot of great things on that record. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, so we all yeah. we all have them, and a lot of it has a lot to pop the culture, what's going on at the time. So mm-hmm. uh, it doesn't stop you from making music. And uh, uh, and then when you go back into it, you hear a lot of great musical chants. But then we came back later with Let's Groove. So absolutely. You know, we have to thank, you know, my brother Maurice because his vision, you know what I mean, uh, uh, that he had, you know, really was so
superb and he was spot on and and all the gifts that he was given, you know, uh, mm-hmm. by the universe and by God, he fulfilled those gifts. Yeah. He sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he sure did. I, I mean, I agree with you. I think there's a probably about a 12 album album span there where they're even even throughout the 80s, as you guys are sort of more keeping up with trends versus setting Absolutely. them yourselves, you're Absolutely. still doing it better than 99% of the bands that are out there are doing it, you know? There's, right. so, there's good stuff on Touch the World. from the person who created Earth and Empire. Yeah, it's a great yeah. read, and, and, uh, and I've given them out as gifts, and for new people in our organization, not band members, but staff members, because we have sure. staff, I make it required reading, you know <laughs> what I mean? so they would know exactly, you know, Good. what they are involved in and what, uh, you know, what we did, you know, things like that. Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about real quick, uh, one of your side projects, when you pr- you produced Level 42, Right. Standing in the light. I love them. In fact, I'm interviewing Mike Lindup. Oh, you know, I'll uh, tell Mike I said hello. I love Mike. And I saw uh, last year in Poland, I saw Mark King, and uh, one of my favorite bass players as well as people. He's one of my favorite people. Good. And uh, tell, Mike, tell Mike I said, hey, I saw Mike out there too, you know. I will. So I how did so that perfect. happen? Because I know you've had a couple of production jobs, producing jobs, not a ton. How did a band like Level 42 Cure you of all people as their producer. I, uh, I saw them in London with Wembley and years ago, and then uh, uh, they came to the show and talked about myself and Larry Dunn working with them. It was great and uh, one of the best projects I've ever done. And, So far. 
Larry and I worked great. We did it at Marisa's studio at level uh, at the uh, at the complex and things like that, and uh, yeah. did all the pre-production work in uh, in London. And okay. uh, we took the Concord over when it was a Concord. That's how long ago it was. <laughs> uh, uh, but it was great, really great, great stuff. Good. Okay. Great. Yeah, I love them a lot. And uh, yeah, man. You, I mean, they were aspiring to be you guys in the beginning. Anyway, so it just had to have been a big boon for them to have seen mm-hmm. someone like you to produce their album. That's a mm-hmm. So I'm curious how, going back to sort of when things are changing around opening our eyes and that's the way of the world, you're suddenly becoming, you know, a lot more uh, successful and popular and you're having hits. How did your life change on a day-to-day basis, going from a very professional, and I mean, the band who did Power is just as good as the band who did That's the Way of the World, but they're very different. How do you? How does your life change on a daily basis when you start having hits and you're successful? It didn't change that much because I was never that really? different. No. Oh, really? No, we, we got up and did it. We went to work every day and went to the studio. It didn't change that much, you know. It didn't change. You know, you travel more and you have more obligations as an artist, but you know, your life doesn't change that much, and it shouldn't. Yeah. Not really. It really shouldn't. If you have a life, you should keep that life that you have. You know, of course, you're expanding, but it shouldn't like. Change, yeah. change. You know what I mean? Okay. Right. You know, I, th- I think that question probably, you know, you you know, because you in today's world you've seen probably drastic changes fast. You know what yeah. I mean? So people kind of relate your life uh, by today's standards. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know. What yeah. I mean? You know, kind of a similar question. What are the best things about being successful? When you're, uh, you know, you've been, you're in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Songwriters Hall of Fame, probably the most definitely, in my opinion, the best R&B band of all time, if not even also the most successful. You're still out there doing it. How? What's the best part about success? Well, the, well, the best part of it. Wait, let me ask you this. What would you miss the most if it ended? Well, it's not going to end, first of all. <laughs> well, no. Uh, yeah, it's not going to end. It's going to end when I want it to end. Uh, so that does, that question doesn't really apply to us. Okay, know? okay. You know, it, our music will be around forever as long as we want we'll it to. Sure. It yeah. It's not going to end like that. It won't end. Because uh, it would have by now. You know, would have been. Yeah. And that's not an arrogant statement. You have to look at the no. the, the law of averages. It would have done sure. it by now. You know, you don't yeah. have around 40 years. And, you know, once you get past a certain time, you're part of the universe and you're part of people's lives. You know what I mean? You know? I don't know. Okay. Is it connecting I with audience? I don't know. Well, on our next interview, you've got to let me travel? talk about that. On our next interview, we'll... we'll okay. Okay. I'll come back to that one later. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, somebody I've had on... I wanted to ask you about another collaboration of yours. Somebody else I've had on this podcast who I admire a lot is Martin Page. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Martin. Came yeah, in, how's, how's Martin doing? How's Martin doing? He's great. He's still doing his own thing, solo stuff and uh, helping other people. And I know you guys brought him in kind of on the, around the Electric Universe Time period is, 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 and magnetic. Is, 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 he, is he in? Is he in LA? He's in LA. He's in LA. Yeah. Okay. He lives there. Okay. Gotcha. I haven't seen Martin in years. Oh, I, we keep really? in touch a little bit. Maybe I'll send him your number if you want. Please. Send him yeah. Yeah. Martin is one of my favorite people. I love Martin. Good. So yeah. how did how did collaborating with Martin come along? Um, I think Maurice. Maurice. Okay. Martin. 
Okay. He knew Martin. He, he knew Martin. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, Martin's a lot of fun. You know, a lot, a lot of fun to work with. You know what I mean? A uh, very yeah. talented guy. Sweetheart's a tall guy too. Sweetheart's taller than me. Uh, <laughs> a lot. A lot of people. Uh, How tall are you, by the way? About six one, six two. Are you really? Yeah. No. Okay. Yeah, people meet me in person and surprised about how tall I am. Some people say, I thought you were like 5'7". Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I said, well, not with these big teeth. 5'7", with these big teeth, I'd be falling on the ground. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Very true, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, okay. Well, I'll tell Martin hello for you. That's great. Yeah. Please. I Please. think he's great. And he really came in and sort of, you know, gave you guys a nice shot around sure the Electric did. Universe period. Sure and, did. Uh, there's some good songs on that album. And sure did. Yeah, sure did. I want to ask you about some of the songs that you have a co-writing credit on, and if you remember anything about the creative process of those, some of those songs, okay? Yeah. Tell me about Serpentine Fire. Thank you. 
Oh, 725 was one of my most favorite songs. Uh, Maurice, myself, Sonny Burke uh, worked on that song. Sonny used to play for uh, Smokey, Smokey Robinson. Uh-huh. And uh, Sonny's from Chicago. Really great. Different song, too. Really different. Yeah. Different. Really different. Yeah. Really different song. You know what I mean? I remember that song. Really great song. Very different. And it was on the All in All album. Sure. Which is one of my favorite creative records. Difficult record to make, but one of my favorite records. Really? Why? That's kind uh, of well, considered we, we, one of your high points. In terms of success, in terms of yeah. But it, but you know, we made another switch. If you really look at it, that was a totally different record than the Spirit record. Mm. You know what I mean? That was that was that was as much of a switch as Open Our Eyes was before that's where the world. Yeah, yeah, you know? okay. You know what I mean? Okay. And that coincided with with because uh, we did almost three records back to back. That record, and while we were cutting that record, the Birth uh, and Fire Volume One Greatest Hits. Yeah. And then the I Am record. We did those records back to back. And we were actually starting right. So if we finished one record, we were starting another right yeah. back to back. You know what I mean? We never, there was no pause. No pause. Oh. Well, and no. I mean, I don't... Few ba- as you were saying, few bands in the history of music have been worth... Especially your 74 to 80 period is a winning streak that is almost unrivaled. I mean, well, no one has been in from, the zone from, as well as you from guys. Open our eyes, from Open Our Eyes all the way to the I Am album. That was almost like and the greatest hits. Sergeant Pepper, that was almost like one big album. Yeah. One album. One album. That was like one big album. It turned out to be four albums. It was like one big album. Sure. Okay. Tell me about uh, Fantasy.
knowing that I was going to talk to you, I'm listening now more closely to the bass, and you sound mm-hmm. so great on that song. And that's not Powerlight is a great album, but it's not you know, it's not one of the ones that gets thrown out there as often. And so I just wondered right. if there were moments like that that lesser known moments that you're really proud of and think are great that maybe other people, you know, you're turning them on to them. Like, you know, you should check this out if you like no, us. Well, no, what I, you know, actually, what I love, what I love is that the, the whole body of work and that, uh, uh, that we were able to do something really great because it's, uh, uh, you know, when you look back at it, it's not an easy thing to do. You know? Yeah. It's no. not like, you know, it's not like Grey Poupon, but of course, you know what I mean? It doesn't work like that. <laughs> and John, what we'll do, we'll, we'll end on this first part. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, thanks for finishing this up with me. When we talked before, you, you um, something you had mentioned that we didn't really get to get into any details on is the touring and the live shows. Earth, Wind, and Fire put, puts on these epic, you know, historic shows. You had mentioned mm-hmm. playing Madison Square Garden, Dodger Stadium. What are some of the, like, more memorable you know, concerts you guys have put on over the years? Well, there's been so many. I think when we spoke the last time, we talked about the recent appearance at Dodger Stadium and Madison Square Garden. But then since we've spoken the last time, we we just got through doing the Rose Parade a couple of weeks ago uh, uh, out in Los Angeles. uh, Yeah. And I'd have to add that as a memorable experience because we we were on the... uh, parade for two hours in front of 80,000 people out there and and, uh, and then uh, over 750 million people watched and then the next morning we got the cover of the LA Times so pick it up, pull it up <laughs> so I think that has to, I've got to add that into to that aspect because a lot of people, you know, a lot of the questions you get are about the past but there's a lot of things we've done in the present too so you have to kind of bring journalists and everybody up to speed you know, sure Mm-hmm. Sure. When you when you play shows today, do you find that your audience is multi generational? Do you find it oh, yes, the older people that grew up with you, and then maybe even their it's everybody, it's everybody, grandkids? I think, yeah, I, I think that's, that's the surprising thing about it that when people come, they are surprised at the different genres of people that yeah. come. You know, they might assume that you might have an older audience because you've been around. They might assume you have a black audience because you're African American. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. But it's a multicultural, you know. Uh, uh, some multicultural generation of show. Yeah, yeah. I, um, you know, Earth, Wind, and Fire is one of those bands that kind of defies uh, any sort of uh, generation. As I said, you're not an oldies act. You're not, you know, labeled just in the 70s or just in the early 80s. You've been able mm-hmm. to kind of transcend all this time because the quality mm-hmm. of the music is so good. Speaking of which, what's are there any plans for new music. I happen to be a big fan of the Illumination album of 2005. I love that album. And there's less of a need even to work on new out new material at this point. But mm-hmm. what are you guys? What's your thought on that? Uh, well, you know, we're thinking about it. Uh, the last new thing we did, of course, was the Troll soundtrack uh, with Justin Timberlake and Timberland, which we're really happy about. And still, I think they're top ten on iTunes.
And uh, and the next big thing that we're really working on is uh, uh, since we last talked, you know, we just started. Uh, we're going to do a residency at uh, the Venetian in May. So that's the next big thing we're going to be actually thinking about, and working on, and getting ready for. It. I, was, I just was looking at that. You guys, were, I think you're scheduled for like five nights there, Venetian. In yeah, May. we're going to do the first two weekends in May, uh, uh, and uh, and, I, and then I think we're going to come back, you know. Uh, but it's a great honor to, to be able to uh, do a great residency there uh, at the Venetian. Really, really good stuff, man. Good stuff. Really, only like the biggest names in pop music can do things like that. So it's, yeah, I think, I think we're going in this year. Uh, Lana Richie's going in. Uh, Lady Gaga is going in. So it's a great, it's a great company of people to be part of. So when you do a residency like that, how often do you kind of change up the uh, the set list? Are you putting well, on working, playing the big hits every night? Or? Oh, are you? We're still working on it. We're not there yet. It's not till May. Okay. So we're still working on it. We don't know yet. You know, we'll do, we'll yeah. do that later on the next interview. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I hope to get out to one of those shows. You guys are the best. I've only ever seen you once, and it was in the early 2000s in Salt Lake City. And um, I, uh, at, at the time, I was more of like a greatest hits fan, you know? I knew the hits. Right. I didn't own right. every album like I do now. And so I've always right. thought, I've got to see these guys again. You guys typically... Well, you gotta come, you're, way, you're, you're way behind. you got to come when you come and come up to date with what we're doing, and actually your interview questions will be better. You guys go out with Chicago a lot. What's the? Well, we did. You, we did. We did it. We we did four times with them, and yeah. the last time we did it a couple of years ago last year. Uh, okay. Great band, great bunch of guys. You know, super guys, man. Okay. Any plans to tour with them? Maybe this summer, or is the Venetian uh, well, we sort of your whole focus right now? Uh, it's the Venetian's the focus. We haven't talked about anything else outside of that. That's enough okay. to focus. On. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine. What's the? I mean. At this point in your life, you probably don't have to tour. Do you ever just want to sit back and play golf or anything? Or you, you I'm still not a feel it? You love it? Oh, really? Golfer Phillips is golfer, not a golfer. Okay, okay. Yeah, I mean, what's the motivation to still get out there and do it? Is, do you still enjoy it as much as you always did? Oh yeah, it's great. It's great. Uh, the fact of it is that we still play in front of great crowds uh, from all ages. You know, I think it's a myth. You know, they try to put their boxes in. You know. Yeah. You know, you know, you've done it, so you want to like stop doing it, you know, uh, because you've done it. But that's the that's the actually journalists ask us more than the average fan. Huh. Uh, the uh, uh, the average fan wants you going there forever, but journalists yeah. ask you that. Well, because it sounds good on paper when you write it. You know what I mean? You know, you know when when you guys write it, you have to have a beginning, the middle, and the end. <laughs> so 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 yeah. so. And, 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 and also, too, when groups like us stay around for a long time, that requires journalists like you to have to keep up, too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know, like you, know, like you said, you know, the last time you saw us was in 20, the early 2000s. Yeah. That's almost like 20 years ago. So, you know. Yeah, so, you know, oh, like, that was so, a while ago. So, so, yeah, man, so what happens, a lot of the questions based on, like, you know, what's in your head rather than okay. what you're seeing. You know what okay. I'm saying? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. So, Right, you know what I mean. So, so those questions actually come from journalists. They never come. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Well, so I just figured at this point in your life, you've been so successful in your in your career. If you ever just feel like relaxing and kind of enjoying, you know, the spoils of your of your labor, but it sounds like you love still getting out there. Do you ever find it hard yeah. to play the bass and dance around and be in a, be as active as you do, as you are? No, it's never been hard. Oh, okay. Cool. Okay. I was curious too when you know over the years when you've played all these shows, what are some of the bands that you've played with maybe that have really impressed you? God, there's so many. I have to come back to that question. Okay. I got to think that one through. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Another thing. Oh, by the way, another question from when we talked before. I had asked you what one of your favorite things about being successful was. And you said you couldn't think of it, but maybe you'd have something for me later. Have you got, given any thought of that? What What are your favorite? What's well, your favorite it, thing? Is it, it connecting with fans? Well, I think with being successful is really the fans coming up. You know what I mean? You know, because you can't put it in terms of success because you know <clears throat> you've been successful. Because that word success is interesting. You know, it's uh, it, it's actually it's not 
about being successful as much as the fans loving you. I think that's the best yeah. part, you know what I mean? Because yeah. that, 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 that can mean, like, you know, what's about, you know, you know, what's like being successful? I don't know what that really means, but, but, uh, uh, um, okay. It, I, it know, means that you're in, better than other people. That's not true. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, you've been lucky enough through Earth, Wind, and Fire to touch on a sound that means a lot to people, millions of people, yeah. you know? Yeah, and, and, and uh, uh uh, and the and uh, uh, what I like about the most is people thank us for making the music. They thank us. That's what I like the most. Mm. That's the most thing. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, I wanted to throw out a couple more songs that you had a hand in writing. If you don't mind, I was curious mm-hmm. the stories of mm-hmm. um, Tell mm-hmm. me about that's the way of the world. My other favorite song of the year. That you had a hand too. in writing that, that one too. That, that was off the, on the Faces record, the double, the double record. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, it was, it was, you know, those records and other uh, uh, really good records, great craftsmanship, and the songs that people liked about. Yeah. Okay. Okay. What do you do all day? What, what's the daily? What's the daily routine of Verdine White? What do you get up and like to do when you're not performing during your downtime? Which is not that much. <laughs> uh, uh, not that much. You know. You know. I get up yeah. and, and I, and I uh, uh, meditate in the morning. I do yeah. and do okay. my morning prayers and and uh, uh, and then I uh, get a workout in uh, uh, and then uh, uh, and then on my workouts I add hiking with it too. So okay. So that, those workouts are pretty uh, intense. But that's what I yeah. do. And then, uh, and if I've got to, you know, you know, uh, if we have to get to rehearsal, then I'll do that or get to the studio. I'll do that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I wondered if there was like a particular place you like to go have lunch every day, or if you read the paper every morning, or whatever. No, 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 nothing like that. No. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I uh, 
you've been really gracious with your time, Verdine. I think you're the best. I wanted to ask two more questions. First of all, tell me if there are any, if you have any regrets. If there's anything no. about your career, no regrets at all. Not at I have all. a feeling you would say that. Not at all. Yeah. And then uh, I just want to know what just the most, the, the craziest memory, when you look back over 45 years, going back to Sweet Sweet Act even, you know, what is the, uh, what's the thing that you just can't believe happened to you in your life? What's the first thing that pops to mind? Well, just my whole career, you know? That's yeah, the, just the whole thing. That's the whole Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. You know. Well, thank you for talking to me, Verdeen. I really, thank you, you guys are the best. I mean, uh, there's no good. one better than Earth, Wind, and Fire. And I, you got to come update. You got to come, and we'll do another one. It'll be better. I would, right. it. I would love it. I would love it. All right. Thank you so Bye. much, sir. There you have it, Verdeen White. Uh, hopefully, you found some interesting tidbits of information in there. By the way, I want to mention that book. It's called My Life with Earth, Wind, and Fire. By, Mar- by Maurice White. Um, I haven't read it yet, but I intend to because I love them. So check that out. Also, you heard he and I talk about Mike Lindup of Level 42. Our guest next week, Mike Lindup of Level 42. So come back. I know a lot of you have, requ- have requested Level 42 over the years. I love them and I especially love Mike. So come back next Tuesday. That's who we're going to be talking to. Also, if you are on the fence or maybe just a Greatest Hits, Earth, Wind & Fire fan, you need to stop right now and invest because it will make your life better. I started probably 15 to 20 years ago, and it was thanks to a girl, as it often is. I bought a, I think it's a three or four disc box set called The Eternal Dance, and it covers basically their whole career. I started there, that's when I kind of fell in love, and then I started collecting each album after that. So that's what I would recommend to you. Um, Start somewhere, but don't settle for the greatest hits. Go deeper. Everything they did in the 70s into the early 80s is worth a look, and even beyond that, there's great stuff. This song right here that I wanted to close it out with is another one of my favorite Earth, Wind & Fire songs, In the Stone. If this doesn't just raise your blood pressure, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, thanks to everybody. Thanks to Yan, especially for putting all this together. Uh, Next week, we have a couple more episodes, especially Mike Lindup. We'll talk to you then.